Today's episode of The Daily Ding is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash, and with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1, and that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn, or just looking for a better experience, you can stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to thedailyding.robinhood.com. That's thedailyding.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield APY on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Welcome to the Daily Ding. On the Athletic Podcast Network. Reverse flush and <laughs> ain't that a smooth one. This out goes, and I hope I have no friends. And his response was, I'm sorry, I just wanted a frosty. I want Tyler to know his ass should have got thrown out. If I was a ref, I would have tossed his ass. How dare you? morning and welcome to the daily ding happy thursday morning we've got you covered from wednesday night i am jared weiss i'm joined by lil wazi with rob lopez throwing bows at msg so coming up on today's show marcus morris sticks his foot in his mouth again Kyrie irving pays tribute to his mamba mentor and mellow has finally found a retirement home but first it's game time from the logo the blazers beat the rockets 125 to 112 James Harden was trash and Dame was red hot. He had his first triple double ever. Somehow, I don't know how it's possible. Um, he hit multiple pull up threes from the logo, was attacking the rim relentlessly. Was Dame is playing at a historic level right now. Yeah, this is the best season of his life ever. And it's on a team that's kind of got no shot to do anything, which is the shame of it all. I think in your typical year, Dame Lillard would absolutely be in the MVP conversation. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, he signs this enormous deal in the offseason, presumably to be in Portland for the long term. And he comes out and he actually delivers, lives up to the deal. Career highs in three-point attempts, makes his second highest percentage, career high in free throw percentage rate, career high PER, career high points per game, career high effective field goal percentage, like, He's just having literally easily his best season of his life. And, um, you know, Portland's obviously been banged up injury-wise, and they haven't had a great season. But Dame Lillard has been exemplary. And you know what? Maybe adding Trevor Ariza is going to change things for them. He had 21 points with 9 for 14 from the field. Hits a big threes in the fourth quarter. Uh, but, you know, this this team last night looked like the balancing that they were hoping for, even if uh, Anthony Simons only given them 10 minutes, not really doing much for them when they thought that he might be someone that steps into a big role. You know, maybe Hizonia, Nurkic, and Collins get hurt, uh, get healthy at some point here. But, between, you know, with the way that everybody's playing uh, right 
right now. And even Mello is making some plays here or there. He had 13 boards and five assists in this one. You know, if Dane continues to play at this level, which this is, I mean, I don't know if he's going to average 40 points a game for the rest of the season, but you definitely could see him averaging in the low thirties the rest of the year. And that eight seed is very much attainable for them. Yeah. I th- and I think it would be incredible for him to do that, right. To will this team and that fan base, which like, you know, Portland is known for having one of the best fan bases in the league, and I think it's deservedly so, right? Um, so it would be a cool story for them to go. Obviously, they'll be just cannon fodder for the Lakers or or the Clippers or even Utah or somebody like Denver if they face them in the first round. But I think, you know, I think it would be a nice story for them to go. On the other hand, um, I don't know what to make of James Harden's struggles lately. Like, he had another terrible night tonight. Uh, One for ten in the second half. Looked absolutely sluggish on offense and defense. And, yes, you can stop snickering at home. Even for Harden's standards, he looked sluggish on defense. Um, It's just been really bad. Yeah, he had a five-day layoff, but that game before, he only had 12 points at Minnesota. They, of course, won anyway. Uh, But he didn't make a shot after the 741 mark of the third quarter. Got to the line a few times, of course, but he just, he, he's clearly off. He, he looks like he's you know not getting off the ground the way he usually does. Doesn't have that step, uh, step back that he can sit back on. Um, but luckily for him, Russ came through. I mean, Russ had 39 points and he's been great lately. We've been getting a lot of good Russ lately. It's, it's kind of crazy that it hasn't coincided with even like, I guess this is the, the nature of Harden's game, the variance, right? Like he's either dropping 50 or doing this. Um, and you know, just the volume of threes and the volume of shots and the usage percentage, but you know, it's, it's kind of wild that he hasn't even been decent in this Westbrook run. He's just been outright awful. Well, one day they'll get them both to punch at the same time. Uh, but you know, one thing I thought that was interesting was the Rockets were on an eight man rotation in this game. They had Cephalosia played four minutes where I forgot he was even out there. Tony special. Yeah, but you know what? Austin Rivers, five for eight from deep. Ben McLemore, five for nine for deep. I think McLemore shooting about 45% from three in the month of January. He's been a revelation for them. So both of those guys had 17 points. I mean, they got they got some contributions from you know from elsewhere. And Clint Capella, weird one, 17 minutes, one field goal attempt. Uh, I, he's been on like kind of a roll lately, so I was surprised to see him just kind of get taken out of this game, even with Hassan Whiteside playing 28 minutes. But they just wanted to go as small as they can, fire up as many threes as they can. They fired up 47, which is probably average for them, honestly, even if that's an insane amount for most teams. Uh, but you cannot do anything about Dame time. Let's head on over to Indiana, where the Pacers beat the Bulls 115 to 106 in overtime. Victor Oladipo made his triumphant return to the floor and hit a three to send it to overtime. He dedicated his big shot to Kobe, Gianna, and all the victims from Sunday's accident. I just shot it, man. I just shot it, man. Mamba mentality. Uh, Mamba mentality. Mamba mentality, man. That's for Kobe, Gigi, all the people that was on the helicopter. That's for that, man. It's been a tough year, man, but... Tough times on last, tough people do. And uh, I work so hard, man. And uh, thankful for my friends, this this state, uh, these people, my, my family, my teammates. I'm just thankful, bro. I'm just thankful. 
Yeah, I, th- I mean, the game was a very strange game. The Bulls basically had this thing in the wraps in the fourth. In the last two minutes, they absolutely melted down and handed this victory over to the Pacers. Didn't get a real good game from Brogdon. Um, it, you know, and of course, Oladipo is coming back off of a year-plus absence. And, you know, this isn't your local YMCA rec league, right? Like, you don't just step into an NBA environment and just you know, back like you never left. Obviously, there's going to be some growing pains. He's um on a smartly on a lim- uh, minutes restriction. Uh, I thought he looked okay coming back. You know, he didn't. I don't know whether he flashed that signature lightning quickness first step. Uh, but I think you know, as he gets back into the rhythm, gets his wind, and you know, starts ramping up the minutes, I think he should be fine. Uh, you know, the Bulls again, like this was just embarrassing. Zach Levine. One for 11 from three, uh, had a, just a terrible turnover down the stretch. Uh, I, you know, not a lot to say about the Bulls' performance here besides they just completely blew it. Yeah, I mean, if he hit that little runner at the end of regulation to win it, I'm sure we would have looked at Levine's game a little bit differently, but that was not pretty. Uh, and shout out to Chandler Hutchison, who's finally had his breakout game. He had 21 points on 10 for 14 shooting in 20 minutes. He was part of the lineup closing it in the overtime. Um, he was also helpful and they had some really good transition play late in the, in the halves that kind of helped them stay in this one. But you know, the Pacers, they had a terrible deep shooting night where they shot seven for 27. They were, I think three for 23 at one point before they hit a bunch at the end there. And, you know, Brogdon did hit at least a big shot. He ended up with 15 points on a, an efficient seven for 11 shooting with nine assists and eight rebounds. So he almost got a triple double uh, Domus Sabonis, who's been getting triple doubles as of late. He had 15 to 11. That was his 37th double, double of the season. That's a, that's a lot of double doubles. Um, and even Goga Batadze, their rookie uh, center, he got some minutes with miles Turner out with the flu. He played 15 minutes for just a second time since November. He had 10 points in this one. Uh, Thad young on the other side, he had 16 points. And Cristiano Felicio is alive, is getting paid NBA money, and is playing now in the NBA. He had 11 points. He had eight boards in 30 minutes. He's been in the rotation since uh, it was a Daniel Gafford hurt his thumb a few weeks ago, and that's put him in the rotation. Gafford's coming back, it looks like, later this week or next week. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to Felicio, whether he goes back into the doldrums of the league. Um, but the Bulls was are in a tough spot. So they're three games back at the Nets now for that eighth seed. But the gap with between them and the other teams behind them, Detroit, uh, Charlotte, Washington, there's a gap that's forming there. So it seems like the Bulls might be that one team that has a shot at the eighth seed. I'd imagine based on what you saw tonight, you're not too optimistic that they could catch uh, up to Brooklyn. I, I honestly think any and all optimism is still just remnants from all the positivity that people had for the Bulls coming into the season. I'm not seeing it for them personnel-wise, coaching-wise. I just don't think that they're going to have what it takes to finish this thing out. I do want to say for those listening at home, do yourself a favor. Absolutely watch that Oladipo shot. Um, it was incredible. <laughs> kind of gave me chill bumps watching in my living room. Um, in his post-game interview, which he, you know, he dedicated to Kobe and, and Gigi and the rest of the victims um, he got really emotional. Uh, Victor Oladipo is one of those guys in the league that is extremely easy to root for. He's an extremely positive, upbeat guy. Um, and I'm just happy that he's back. I think the league is better for it. 
Uh, he's just one of the, you know, exemplary NBA players, man. Like, he's he's the kind of guy that the league is about. So I'm happy that he came back. Yeah, I mean, we saw that Jim Boylan came over, shook his hand after they played a tribute video for him making his return, which I thought was interesting. Not often you see that. Um, and the Bulls players are clapping for him. And, I mean, the guy makes the guy makes baby-making music. It's like, what more could you ask for him? Clickety clack. Let's get to some news here. The Portland Trailblazers forward Carmelo Anthony as the team is winning, and he's currently on a one-year, $2.2 million deal with the team. He told the Portland Tribune that he's hoping to finish his career with the Trailblazers. He said, I would love to stay. I feel like this is the place for me to end my career. It could have happened earlier, but it didn't. Now where I'm at in my life, in my career, this is where I want to retire. Uh, was does Melo just want some voodoo donuts for the rest of his life? Yeah, I mean, he's spoken like a guy who knows, sort of knows his place in the pecking order in the league. I don't think this is good leverage play right here. I get the sentimentality and the like, I love it here and, you know, appeal to the those kind of sensibilities in the front office and ownership or whatever. But it's like, all right, relax, Melo. Like, you know, you played pretty well. You've proven that you're a team kind of guy. Like, don't get lowballed this summer because you're so desperate to stay in Portland, okay? Uh, you know, I get I get the sentimentality. I get it. He saw, you know, he was facing his career mortality in the face, right? Um, until Portland came a knocking and he's had, let's face it, a much better season than most people, especially people in our industry, could have anticipated. And I'm happy for him. But just tone it down a little bit, man. Like, make them, you know, make them want you a little bit. You know, show some leg or something. (laughs) I mean, I think he's got to strip down as far as he can. I mean, he was lucky to get that first chance. And what does he get? I mean, honestly, what is he going to say? You know, I don't know if Portland's the place for me. I got to explore my options to look at the second phase of my career. It's like, no, he's got a year or two left, even if he's playing solidly this year. And and to be frank, if he was on a real contender, I think a lot of the stuff that he gets away with in Portland he probably wouldn't be getting away with. And that's a a big part of it is just that they were desperate for more scoring help. And he provided some of that. So it was the right fit at the right time, but Hey, it's good to see him thriving. So we got some number changes here uh, with the trend of people changing their numbers because of Kobe Bryant's number eight and number 24. We have Lakers guard Quinn cook stepping up in a unique way. He's changing his number from two to 28 because it's the same. It's a combination of the numbers that Gianna Bryant, War and Kobe Bryant Ward numbers two and eight respectively. We're seeing also Marquise Morris. He swapped his number from eight to eighty-eight. Jazz rookie Mio Oni swapped from twenty-four to eighty-one. Nuggets big man Mason Plumley went from twenty-four to seven. And Pelican center Jalil Okafor goes from number eight right up to number nine. The Lakers released a statement Wednesday night on the tragic helicopter accident over the weekend that claimed nine lives. They said that we are devastated and have been forever changed by the sudden loss of Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna. We send our love to Vanessa, the Bryant family, and to the families of the other passengers. Vanessa herself finally uh, released a public statement on Instagram Wednesday, thanking the millions of fans who have shown support during what she called a horrific time. She also announced the formation of the Mamba on refund to help support the other families that were affected by the crash. So here's part of her message. She said, there aren't enough words to describe her pain right now. 
I take comfort in knowing that Kobe and Gigi both knew that they were so deeply loved. We were so incredibly blessed to have them in our lives, and I wish that they were here with us forever. They were our beautiful blessings taken from us too soon. So to honor our Team Mamba family, the Mamba Sport Foundation has set up the Mamba on 3 Fund to help support the other families affected by this tragedy. To donate, please go to mambaon3.org. To further Kobe and John's legacy in youth sports, please visit mambasportsfoundation.org. Getting to the rest of the games, the Grizzlies beat the Knicks 127 to 106. The Memphis Grizzlies are at 500 for the first time in 13 months. They're sitting in a playoff position right now. It has been a remarkable turnaround while the Knicks are three and seven in their last 10 and their fans don't even want the team to own them anymore. The Dylan Brooks had 27 points, John Morant, 18 and 10, Jay Crowder, 18 points and seven rebounds. And we'll get to it in a sec, a little bit of a, uh, Unfortunately, uh, turn of phrase from uh, Marcus Morris. But before that, Brandon Clark, 17 points and five boards off of the bench, 12 and 13 for Jonas Valanciunas. Mook himself at 17 and six. Julius Randle had 16 points, 14 rebounds, and six assists. And Alfred Payton had 15 points. And those are the only points he's going to be getting for a while because a fight broke out at the end when Jay Crowder took a three with Memphis clearly securing the game with 48 seconds left. And Alfred Payton just shoved him. And he just, uh, he just shoved him to the ground. Crowder is not excited about that one. So he jumped up and tried to go at him. And then the team just stormed the floor. We saw Marcus Morris shoving John Morant. So he's probably going to get in trouble for that one. Some guy came in with a trident. And I think I saw somebody on horseback with a flaming skull as well. Uh, and Marcus Morris was ejected. Crowder was ejected. Peyton obviously was ejected. After the game, Marcus Morris tried to describe Jay Crowder. And uh, he effed up. I don't think it's a build-up, man. I think dude is just, you know, he played the game a different way. Like, he just, a lot of female tendencies on the court, flopping and throwing his head back the entire game. And like I said, man, it's a man's game, and you just get tired of it, man. And then, obviously, at the end, I was very unprofessional. They went in the game. It's a good team. And, you know, he does stuff like that, man. He's just unprofessional, man. It's soft. His game is soft. He's soft. It's just, you know. That's how he carried him, man. You know, it's just very womanlike. So he issued an apology on Twitter after the game. He's going to face punishment from the league for the shove at the very least, but he's probably probably going to face some sort of punishment for that as well. Uh, Waz, where does this rank on your scale, one to ten, of great NBA fighting? Yeah, it's. I mean, come on. I you know I I was there for the Nate Robinson and Carmelo Anthony sucker punch. I was, you know, I was there for for, for Shaq nearly ending i think it was brad miller's life uh I, you know i've seen some stuff i was i watched kobe and chris child's live okay <laughs> i mean i i've seen some things out there you saw mike, james naismith and dolph shays in person <laughs> mike and, and and reggie with the with the throat you know what i mean put his hands on his throat i i've seen some things man this this don't rank <laughs> it really it really doesn't, but it was fun anyway. All right, the Nets beat the Pistons 125-116 in Brooklyn. The Pistons, as we noted earlier, they've lost four straight. They're falling apart. Nets only their second win the last eight games, both of them against Detroit of all teams. So they're not really holding it together too well either. Kyrie, he came back after sitting out the last two games. He sat out due to personal reasons following the death of Kobe Bryant. I think we all obviously know what that was there. Uh, he talked after the game a game in which the Nets honored Bryant with a video tribute and then 
put flowers in the spotlight on the chair where Kobe and Gianna had sat when they attended a game on December 21st between the Hawks and Nets. And there was a gift that came out of that of Kobe talking to her. And it became kind of this beautiful symbol of his love for his daughters and his, you know, and his fatherhood and the new Kobe and all that, that was sticking in our hearts this whole time. So that was a really beautiful tribute from the Nets. And Irving was just incredibly emotional after the game talking about, uh, Gigi talking about Kobe. It's just hard to even just conjure up the words, you know, you try to find clear-cut message that you would send to Gigi and Kobe and everybody that lost their lives in such a tragedy like that. It's just, it's hard, you know, it's hard, but... Uh, I, I've been trying to do this the last few days, just trying to get ready for a moment like this, but uh, I just got to let it be, let it flow, and, you know, I know he's down watching as, as well as Gigi as well as the young um, ball players that were on the plane as well. I was just with them at the Mamba uh, Academy, working out with them in the summertime as well, those young girls losing their lives. So it's, uh, it's heartbreaking for all of us, but I'm not the only one dealing with something. So I think the most beautiful thing is that it's connecting all of us and his seeds that he's planted in all of us to continue to grow. And his legacy is gonna live on forever, obviously, but that man was a philosopher, he was a teacher. You know, he left so many great things here for us to follow. And I'm just gonna continue to carry the torch but he ended up with 20 points, five assists, and five rebounds. Uh, he checked when he checked out. He pointed to the sky and gave Spencer Dinwiddie a big hug. How, how did you think uh, Kyrie looked in his return loss? Um, I mean, he played hard. I mean, it's, it's just something I can't even imagine. You know, uh, his relationship with Kobe is is well documented. I, you know, it's hard to even judge a performance, right? Like the idea that you come out and perform while you're literally grieving somebody who was, you know, not only just a friend, but a mentor. Um, I, I, you know, I can't even imagine what this guy was going through. Yeah. And I mean, Kyrie, he, he, he mourns hard and you know that this was hurting him in a way that it, it hit very few people. I mean, he, he, you know, he took it in a way that was incredibly painful, but we'll have to move on to San Antonio quickly. The Spurs beat the jazz 127 to 120. No little Marcus Aldridge in this one, a season high 38 points for DeMar DeRozan. That's his third 30 point performance in his last four games, 16 points for DeJounte Murray, 18 points for Patty Mills off the bench on the other side Donovan Mitchell at 31 Rudy Gobert was 17 and 19 in this one not bad Jordan Clarkson 20 points off the bench very much Jordan Clarkson line there Thunder beat the Kings 120 to 100 in Sacramento Marvin Bagley out per usual that was his fourth straight game missed they held a moment of silence and did a center court tribute for Kobe Bryant in this one and then Lugans Dortz came out and had 23 points had five made threes for OKC uh, Shea Gilders, Gilders Alexander at 23 points, Dennis Schroeder at 24 points, nine assists, four boards off of the bench. On the other side for Sacramento, Bogdan Bogdanovich, another solid game, 23 points and five boards for him. Buddy Heald back in his six-man role. He only got 13 points in this one after dropping over 40 in his first attempt as a six-man. So let's get to the line of the night. We had DeMar DeRozan with 38 points in a win versus Utah. Donovan Mitchell with 31 and then the loss against San Antonio. Russell Westbrook had a near triple double, 39 points, 10 rebounds and six times. But the actual triple double was Damian Lillard, best player in the game right now. Is that crazy? Dame Lillard got to be the line of the night for me. And it's because of the things that I said earlier. It's about like he signed his contract. He comes back. He's having clearly the best season of his career. Um, and, you know, he's just he's a model NBA player. And that goes from his excellence 
on the court to, you know, the role that he plays as a team leader um, to just straight up, you know, all of the loyalty stuff that people like me are very cynical about when it comes to professional sports. Dame Lillard actually walks the walk, talks the talk. He actually lives it. So, you know, I got to give it up to Dame Lillard, man, and, and commend him for the season that he's having, even though that it's a lost, tragic season for his team. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. So don't forget about the other basketball shows across the athletic podcast network. We still have your favorite shows like back to back, no dunks, tampering and house of Strauss, plus over a dozen team specific shows available from some of your favorite athletic beat writers. So don't forget to follow on the app to get notifications for new episodes. And if you're not a member of the athletic, you're in luck because you can get all of our podcasts ad-free, plus some fantastic writing across all major sports, all for a super low price. Get 40% off your subscription today at theathletic.com slash dings. That's theathletic.com slash dings. You never know when these promos end, so get there soon. And thank you, as always, for waking up with us. Waz, take us out of here. Um, I just want to say that, you know, I'm still in a period of... Uh, it's hard to make sense of what's happening, you know, um, watching watching basketball every night and constantly being reminded of, you know, what happened to those nine people. So I just, you know, I know it's been said, but it can't be said enough. Rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, Gianna Bryant, Sarah and Peyton Chester, Christina Mauser, John Altabelli, Carrie Altabelli, Alyssa Altabelli, and Ara Zabayan.